If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Government documents prove the U.S. saw ISIS coming and liked it. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. I consider this week's news that came out from Judicial Watch to be explosive. Judicial Watch is a conservative watchdog. It uh, tries to keep Washington honest from, I guess, what I can gather. And somehow they got standing for a lawsuit uh, to get to some Benghazi truth. And as a result of this, they got some documents that cover a variety of subjects. I really found it fascinating, not for the reasons that the mainstream media was reporting, but for just reading between the lines a little bit, not even, just reading it, just reading it and not spinning it was enough for me. So I want to talk about these revelations in these documents uh, kind of one at a time today, and I'm really going to dig in. It's about ISIS. And I've talked about ISIS before. I've written about it um, I've given you references, resources that I just think what we're told about ISIS, it's ISIS is not what you see is what you get, that it's like an onion. There's many layers to it. Uh, There's some funny business where the government, even to put it nicely, one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing. I think that's generous. I'm not sure. I mean, most people, I don't think, know the big, big picture, but I think it's worse than even I had thought or at least my interpretation of what was going on just from the facts, just from weird things, eyewitness reports of ISIS not, uh, of uh, possible U.S. complicity in ISIS operations, as shocking as that was, it was really circumstantial. But now when I saw this Judicial Watch, uh, there's several documents they came out with, one of which says that, Uh, The U.S., this is a document from the Defense Intelligence Agency. So it's not the CIA, but it's the DIA. And they, uh, uh, it's a pretty big organization. It's been around since 1961. They've had some good reports that have made it out to the open before. But they provide briefings for the president, for the military. I think they're they're, um, more human intelligence, like guys on the ground figuring stuff out more than like the NSA, which is signals intelligence, I think primarily like electronic, um, surveillance. So they have their, 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 their own group and they come up with their own assessments. Some of which have really, uh, proven prescient, like uh, forward looking before. And that's what this document is. It was from August, the one I'm going to talk about first. It was from August 2012, and what it says is that we could see the uh, rise of ISIS, of radical Islamists in the eastern provinces of Syria and uh, bordering western Iraq, and that, that we liked it, 
that we were going to, we and our allies, Western countries that said Turkey, the Gulf states, were going to give safe haven to some of these operators, the opposition in Syria, which we expressly identify as being these um, radical Islamists there on the border of Syria and Iraq. And this document goes on to say that uh, we, we could anticipate that this these people could ultimately form what it says in the document a salafist principality a the salafis are the saudis who the the saudi sect of islam which is quite uh oppressive it's this most oppressive regime in that area is the saudi ruling salafists wahhabis uh and that they could see the Salafist principality, which is like a radical Islamic state, and, quote, that's exactly what the supporting powers to the opposition want. And that's after they defined the supporting powers as Western countries, Turkey, and the Gulf states, that, that what they want is a Salafist principality in eastern Syria, and they could see it coming, and they further said that they could see this spilling over into Iraq, and destabilizing the unity of Iraq. So they could actually see that coming, and they called it the Islamic State in Iraq. This was in 2012. So they saw this stuff coming. Some, they say expressly that they're in favor of, that they're supporting, and other stuff they just say, well, it's possible this is going to happen. But even splitting Iraq into three pieces is was, uh, for a long time already, a stated goal of these powers including most most graphically when Condoleezza Rice made a speech about the New Middle East and she used what is actually a copyrighted map that shows Iraq as three different countries, um, the Kurds, the Sunnis, and the Shias. So it's not like this danger that Iraq would be destabilized was something we didn't want. So here's this document. fits exactly into what I had been deducing from the news and from the reports that I could find on ISIS. Yet the mainstream media, even now, takes this and says, oh, yeah, see, Obama is totally incompetent. He created this monster, and now we need boots on the ground to fight it because it's a real caliphate, and it's going to take over the Middle East, and it's a danger to us. It's going to come up through Mexico. So the mainstream media manages to take this, which shows that the U.S. government's hand in the cookie jar, you know, putting... Um, aiding and abetting ISIS and being happy about it to saying, oh, well, it's just Obama's incompetence. And I do not, I, I'm not falling for that line because I'd been piecing this, the reality of ISIS together for a long time now. So this fits into my narrative. It doesn't fit into the mainstream narrative. So I don't accept their spin where they're trying to shoehorn it into their narrative I'm going to tell you uh, what, how this kind of completes the picture that I had begun to see immediately. I remember distinctly in June of last year, it was Father's Day, some, another radio station asked me to fill in for one of their hosts on Sunday, which was Father's Day, because they were afraid Obama was going to bomb ISIS to nip it in the bud before it got out of control, because that's when ISIS first made the scene in Iraq. It was like 800 guys, and they defeated 30,000 Iraqi soldiers, some crazy story like that. Then there was a convoy of like brand new Toyota trucks, and we thought that these 
you know, people thought, oh, he's going to, Obama's going to bomb it. I said, he's definitely not, definitely not going to nip it in the bud because the whole, I could just see it. The whole point here is that ISIS is going to be used as a backdoor to war with Syria. And, and the reason I could identify it immediately was that the previous August 2013, the uh, administration, Obama and Kerry, were really begging us. People do not seem to remember this. He was, they were begging us, us the people, to authorize through Congress Tomahawk missiles into Damascus in retaliation for what was claimed, and I think it was wrong, that the government of Syria had launched chemical weapons attacks and killed children and whatever. So these were Tomahawk missiles into Damascus. To save the children, even though of the few hundred who were hurt by chemical weapons, chemical weapons that were later more likely than not coming from the rebels, it was uh, concluded by the UN and others, that they would that that many times as many people would be killed from this tomahawk attack. And we just wouldn't go for it. The U.S., the people would not go for it. If you recall, they didn't even bring it to a, a vote in Congress. But I knew that when they want a war. They get their war and that there would have to be another way, this humanitarian approach, which Obama tries to use to keep the anti-war left in line, just doesn't work because we know really in our hearts that the only moral excuse for violence or even legal really excuse for violence is real self-defense. So it had to be a danger to us in order to justify violating the sovereignty of Syria, you know, a country that really is not a danger to us. That it had to be like that, that it had to be something like that. So I was waiting for the other shoe to drop on the drive to unseat Assad by the paralete, I'm going to call them. Uh, so when I saw ISIS on the front page, I said, oh, that's obvious what they're going to do. They're going to call it a state. They're going to say that we need to attack it. We're going to say that Assad let it get out of control. And we're going to wait till it spills over in Syria. It all unfolded. And I, I brought you through it. This is not my first show on the subject. So I, I saw it coming. And then so when you when i see this document that confirms that it was a tool this document actually says it's it was what they wanted to in order to isolate the syrian regime that's a quote from this document that was newly released so i could see this is completely consistent with how i saw the isis story unfolding but now the mainstream media is like, yeah, but now they're out of control. But that's not that that just isn't true, because more recently I shared with you through my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, dozens of links from the mainstream media, from foreign media, even from alternative media, with many, many references to people seeing weird things of uh, s- soldiers, ISIS soldiers going over the border from Turkey to Syria on Western aid trucks uh, U.S. choppers sending supplies that were captured by or deliberately delivered to ISIS. There's even this crazy picture of McCain, and it looks like al-Baghdadi, the head of ISIS from several years ago. I mean, I've tried to debunk that picture many times, and I have not been able to. And this kind of evidence supports the idea that we have been, at least at the very highest levels, kind of in on it with them. And even stuff like that convoy of Toyota trucks or stuff that ISIS supposedly seized from Iraqi soldiers, we can't, we are not allowed to let the enemy get our equipment. You have to bomb it. You didn't need to go to Congress for that. We could have done it at any time. It's standard operating procedure. So I smelled a rat with ISIS. 
this kind of brings it home. And uh, as I dug into these documents, I found stuff about Hillary, Libya, Benghazi, and and I I began to put together exactly what back to ISIS. ISIS really it's a multi-layered thing and it's not benign. I'm not not afraid of it, but I want to understand its complexities and I think I have a new insight into it from these documents which I'm going to share with you today. And I also want to uh, have the conversation. I mean, now that we know it's really all about unseating Assad, should we unseat Assad? Should we have unseated Hussein? These are geopolitical goals. They're not for American self-defense. Are you really in favor of it when you look at it that way? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It is 82 degrees outside the studio, partly cloudy. Isolated storms are possible in the area, but it's going to be dry most places. Stay tuned for more weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. And we're talking about ISIS and Assad. Really what we're doing over there has a lot more to do with unseating Assad than it has to do with uh, fighting ISIS for the protection of the American public. I'm going to Dave in Norcross. Dave, you're on with Monica. Uh, Yes, I I think, no, of course not. We don't have the right to unseat Assad. Uh, We we tend to pick and choose. Nobody is saying, hey, uh, the Chinese... Uh, you know, they violate human rights all the time. So let's unseat, let's unseat the premier of China. North Korea. North Korea, Russia. And look, let's face it. This whole problem was created way back when we invaded or when we uh, went over to help Kuwait. Uh, Hussein was not going to uh, make the next move into Saudi Arabia. He knew that we'd be on that like spit on the sidewalk. All we had to do, uh, Kuwait is a postage stamp. Things happen in the world. You can't police the entire globe. This whole problem was created because we did take out Hussein. He was a Ba'athist. Remember, he's a fascist. He's not an Islamist. He was the guy that was keeping these uh, guys in check. He was yeah, while wearing Western suits and smoking cigars and drinking cognac. He was not the radical Islamist terror that we supposedly face today as our greatest threat. Absolutely not. And he was taking care of the uh, Islamists that arose in opposition to him. Right. And, and when we took him out, we opened the floodgates by uh, enter- emptying the prisons and letting them uh, run wild. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we went in there. We created, I mean, we lost a lot of guys. We created a huge problem by ever going in. And when we left, we created this vacuum into which these guys could come and uh, develop and grow, and we essentially created, I mean, uh, uh, Iraq was a a buffer between Syria and Iran, and when we took that out, we created what has now developed into a a blossoming sort of terrorist triumvirate. Yeah, and that uh, that was foreseeable at the time. I remember reading that that was a danger in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, You bring up a lot of stuff in a very short, um, concise way, Dave. Thank you. I'm going to expand on that. Talk about my views about Iraq at the time and how they've changed since then and gets more of your calls. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Just got a quote for a tweet from the Sanders on the road back from Chattanooga for the soccer all-star game and getting ready for the Monica Perez show on WSB. So I hope that We can keep you safe, informed, and entertained. Shout out to the Sanders. If you want to tweet me, tweet at Monica Perez Show. 
You can go to my Facebook page through my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. Or you can call me right now, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. We're talking about new information that came out. It's just like, it's so crazy. And the fact that I continue to read articles in the Wall Street Journal, articles on CNN.com that completely ignore this, act like what you see is what you get with ISIS. It isn't. This uh, document I've been talking about is uh, Defense Intelligence Agency. It's a real government agency established in 1961 that said in August 2012, we see what it called the potential for a Salafist principality, a radical Islamist government in eastern Syria and uh, an Islamic state in Iraq, uh, starting in Mosul and Anbar. And it would destabilize Iraq. It would threaten to break it up. All this stuff was foreseen and actually celebrated in this Intel report. I posted it on my website if you want to look at it. We're talking about that. Uh, I want to, I just got a call from David before the break talking about Iraq. The parallel I drew was we're really, this ISIS thing seems that it's completely a pretext, a very dangerous thing. I mean, people are dying. I'm not saying that's not true, but... These guys play a dangerous game. Our, you know, our, the power elite that really, in my opinion, hijacked this government, our government, the United States, and has for decades. They, they play this dangerous game. They give us ISIS. But the reason that they're doing it is to unseat Assad, which if they were doing it for a good cause, like uh, fighting our enemies. I mean, Al-Qaeda attacked us, but Assad fights Al-Qaeda. So unseating Assad, there is absolutely no justification for that. Similarly, there was no justification for us to go after Hussein. Hussein was keeping those people locked up in cages, like it or not. I mean, we violate our principles in fighting these guys. We have Gitmo. We don't uh, give them all these democratic rights that we espouse, just like he didn't and Gaddafi didn't and Assad doesn't. And it's if even by the official narrative, this is a dangerous enemy and we need to break our own rules. Now, I actually, in retrospect, don't think that's true. But at the time, I crazily, I don't know, I really didn't realize there was a rabbit hole at the time. So when Rumsfeld came out and was like, this is our last chance, Hussein is Hitler. If we don't stop him now, we're going to have a world war. You know, I kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt. But my father, who was a uh, World War II vet, he was a Barry Goldwater conservative. He and my mother volunteered for National Review to work on National Review magazine as soon as it opened. They worked directly for William F. Buckley Jr. And I know, I mean, it's like lore in my house. My mother, when she met him, she said, oh, it's great to meet you, father. Like he was a priest. She is Catholic. And like in her mind, she revered him as much as a priest. And here is my father, part of that crowd, saying to me, uh, invading Iraq is wrong on many levels. It's immoral because he didn't attack us. And that's all my father really cared about, that you cannot initiate violence unless it's being used against you by that actual party. And he also said it would destabilize the system. It would delegitimize us as a moral actor He foresaw all this stuff. And even in the Wall Street Journal, it said, hey, if we take out Hussein, who's going to keep Iran back? Hussein is the mortal enemy of Iran. So there were a lot of foreseeable things that happen here, uh, always with Iraq, with this. And so you have to wonder, 
Uh, it's not just incompetence on the part of every single actor in the White House, every single party, every every um, person who makes decision decisions gets it wrong. And I know that because you can go back and look at documents that predate 9-11 even, predate the Iraq war, that say many, many documents that say Hussein has to go. We want to splinter these Middle Eastern countries. Uh, We should reintroduce the concept of preemptive war and use it against Syria. I'm not kidding. I mean, these documents, one is called a clean break. Another was this project for a new American century, rebuilding America's defenses. Uh, One is called the Yinan Plan. That's kind of... um, just quotes. I don't know if there's a real. Oh, there is a document that the Yunnan plan. Yeah. And it talks about the uh, um, uh, it kind of culminates. If you if you look, if you want to just see something very current or more recent, Condoleezza Rice made a speech where she used a map uh, that's actually been copyrighted called the New Middle East. And it shows Iraq in three pieces as three different countries, a Kurdish state, a Sunni state in the middle, which. The Islamic State is kind of establishing itself there, and then the Shia. So all this stuff is is actually uh, unfolding according to the plan. So to blame it on incompetence doesn't really make sense. And so I think it's you know time to put away that idea and talk about what's really happening geopolitically. And if you're uh, if you, you know, let's recognize our goal is to take out Assad. Look at how that works for Libya and Iraq and see if maybe we want to object to that kind of formally. 404 872 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Mike in Smyrna. Hi, Mike. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Um, I was uh, just remembering some stuff I had written down right here, but uh, if you recall, the gentleman before me said that uh, – it goes back to the first Gulf War. Uh, it actually goes back way further. Uh, if you look back to when, like, Rumsfeld and Cheney and there were other neocons all got together, and they laid out a plan. And, of course, it, most of it came to fruition. But And if you go into the Gulf War, the first one, um, first of all, it was we duped them into doing it. Yes, uh, yes, into Kuwait. the April Glassby memo. Is that what you're talking about, Mike? I, I don't know the name of the doctor. What, this is it. Just pause was, for uh, a second. Tariq Aziz, wasn't he the, uh, he was the ambassador? I don't remember that, but what I remember is this, that supposedly, now this is not in writing that I've ever read, but this is the backstory supposedly, is that we egged Kuwait on to kind of steal Iraq's oil to provoke Iraq into attacking Kuwait. That's supposedly the backstory. Then you have our like uh, ambassador or sub-ambassador, whatever, April Glaspie, who was George Bush's, H.W. Bush's president, a liaison with Hussein. And she would meet with him, and Hussein was like totally deferential. She writes all this memo stuff. Like he asks, please, can I attack Kuwait? They won't stop uh, messing with me. I really need to restore order. It's not right that they suck my oil, blah, blah, blah. So she said, I told Hussein that we felt that this would be a regional issue and none of our concern. So Hussein attacks Kuwait, and the next day, this aggression will not stand, and we got a war. So so you, I don't, I can't remember the, the actual dates of all these different documents that I've read. I thought a clean break was from 95, but maybe it's from 85. In any case, 
these documents do say that those were the goals and then these events happen with like smoking guns that that behind the scenes like this thing we got from judicial watch behind the scenes we see this stuff happening we promote it um or let it happen on purpose or create it i don't know but they serve the purpose this isn't an accident we are going in the direction we set out to go in go ahead mike <laughs> i just um, wanted to it was exciting because not a lot of people know about that absolutely that's we're not talking about it now <laughs> yeah um if you go to, uh, you, I'm sure you recall, it was in July, actually, when the July of 1990, when uh, that meeting took place, of course, prior to that, I think they went in August 4th of that year is when they crossed. But, yeah, we duped them into it, basically. They were horizontal drilling and stealing our acu oil or whatever. But anyway, if you recall, too, on October 10th, 1990, there was a girl or woman that testified in front of Congress. Yes, the Kuwaiti ambassador's daughter about the babies. Yeah, saying that armed soldiers had come through the hospital in Kuwait City and were, like, smashing babies' heads in and throwing them against walls. Yes, taking them out of incubators. And she didn't say she was the ambassador's daughter. She said she was just a witness. Exactly. That's another smoking gun. So, uh, yeah, one more. I'll give you one more. Go. Okay, I'm sorry. This was actually what I thought about. Um, if you look back, General Wesley Clark, um, who I'm not a fan of, never was. But if you recall, in his book, he talks about a meeting that he did. He actually did an interview and said this. You can find the audio on it. I, I have uh, had that audio. Boy, Mike, do you listen to my show? We have, we're on the same wavelength. Oh, I, I've written you before. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. So, yeah. Uh, the David Petraeus thing. Um, so, with, wait, hold on. With, the Wesley Clark thing is where he said that... We decided, the Pentagon decided to take out seven countries in five years. It didn't work, but it was Libya, Syria, Iran, Iraq, all the stuff that's go. you know, they and they're gone. Somalia, Sudan, and they're gone. Yep. Yeah. I don't know about Yemen, but God. Their, their timeline was is off. But that's still, always true, though. That's true True with the Fed, with the money, everything. It's always It always takes longer than they think, but they stick to it. It's always the ones that don't play nice with the IMF and the World Bank, like Libya, Iraq. Yeah. Syria, Ukraine, the whole deal. And if you look too in Syria and ISIS, ISIS, I'm not saying doesn't exist, but it's rolled over Al Qaeda members and people that we trained. You can check on this too. In uh, 2012, RSF trained uh, the ISIS leaders, so to speak, in Jordan uh, in 2012. Yeah, I, I know about the Jordan uh, training camps. I don't know what leaders. I'm happy if you would post that for me or email me or whatever on my Facebook page. But I did see a picture of uh, of McCain with al-Baghdadi, and I keep trying to debunk that, but uh, it looks real to me. And the more we see about how high level of connections between ISIS and the U.S. have been, the more valid I think that report is about that picture. But there's a, that there's a so, so much there. Uh, I am going to, I want to go to Chip, who says uh, this is way deeper than just Assad. So I think he's going to carry on with this, but I think I'm going to take a quick break first so that I can give him some time. And I'm going to get to Neil and Randy and your calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Temperature today peaking at 84 degrees. Tomorrow, too, it is partly cloudy outside. 
Stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. We're continuing our conversation about what's really going on in the Middle East. Is this really a fight, a clash of civilizations where it's our last chance to stand up against ISIS, which is a real threat to our personal safety and our property here in the United States? Or is it what government, newly released government documents tell us it is, which is uh, a, a, a tool that we are using to unseat Assad? And that, if you want to cut through the noise of ISIS, the real question is, is that something we want to do? Is that anything have to do with American, uh, you know, individual American safety? Or is it, is it the power elite and their kind of military industrial complex goals and not our goals. I'm going to chip in Atlanta. Chip, you're on with Monica. Uh, I'm on. You are on the air with Monica. All right, look, first of all, I just went up to the store, so you kind of caught me off guard. But let me tell you what they're doing. Well, they're, they went over to take those countries down to unite the Muslim people. This guy coming out of Turkey, they're calling him God. He's going to unite the Muslims and take them into Jerusalem. Why Obama is going to shut down America while the, the, all the Americans are looking at the Pope and the Catholic churches as the Antichrist, the true Antichrist is rising in Turkey right now. Let me ask you this question, Chip. I got a question for you. Yeah. What explains the fact that Bush and, and the first Bush and the second Bush both had the same uh, goals in the Middle East to splinter these countries up? But you got to take the leadership down so that they hunt a new leader. The new leader is the guy in Turkey. He'll unite. The I world. hear you, but are you? Uh, I I don't agree with you. I think that this that they are a tool of ours and not a threat to us. But I'm asking you: Do you see it as something that both the Republicans, the Bushes, and Obama ha- are both in on? Because the policy uh, is the yeah, same. They're in on the sense that they're working for the same guy. And the, the the guy I'm speaking of don't walk around this earth. They were they were when God when they were teenagers. This, this thing is so much deeper than anybody's even willing to look. This is the biblical end playing out. You just watch Turkey and watch the Muslims march into Jerusalem. They're going to do it. It's not a if. It's gonna but happen. doesn't the Messiah have to come first to the Israelites before this all happens? They, you know what I mean. March in there to defend Jerusalem. Messiah comes at the very end. Jesus Christ comes at the very end. No, but I. This is the thing, Chip. That I don't. That this biblical interpretation of what's going on in the Middle East doesn't hold water on its own terms, because for the Jews to return to Israel, I think it had to be after the Messiah came to them, and the Messiah they do not recognize a Messiah, so that has to happen first. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. So oh, that's right. yeah. Right. So right. we got some time before that, and I don't. I I really separate uh, church and state. Those ideas. I don't um, feel like it's important because the real actors, if they would just stick to their own principles, that you can't attack somebody unless they attack you. If we stick to our moral principles, we will be morally safe. That if you even if you want to take a religious interpretation, you have to say that uh, we are um, really required above all to maintain our personal integrity, our personal morality. Whatever happens on earth, it's really the individual who is saved or lost. So I always stick to my principle. I will not advocate 
violence unless uh, I am uh, under threat of violence right away. But very interesting uh, conversation there, Chip. I didn't know. So Randy is going to be next after the break. He wants to talk about Rand Paul. This is Monica Perez. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 